Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Church, we get the chance to hear from God today. It's amazing. What a privilege we have as we gather in whatever form that takes. We have the privilege of hearing from God and opening up his word and discovering what he wants to say to us today. May we never get tired. May we never grow weary of hearing from God because it is a great privilege. And this is what we do today. Hey, I want to do this. I want to thank our team today for helping us respond to the greatness of God and worship him. I want to thank everybody involved in doing that. One of the things I miss about not being able to gather in person is I miss hearing us sing as a faith community. I miss watching us do that and hearing that. So it was wonderful to have a lot of voices participate today, and I do want to thank them. Welcome to the final Sunday of White Napkin Sundays. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get that napkin ready, that paper towel or piece of paper. Get that ready now because we're going to write and draw some things today. And I want you to imagine that we're sitting in a coffee shop or a restaurant and we're having a great conversation. And in the process of learning from each other, we want to write some of that down. So we grab the restaurant napkin and a pen and we begin to write. That's what I want us to do now. Here's my napkin for today. I've already divided it into two parts. And I want you to begin by writing down these words. What, why, and we're going to be thinking about these in terms of questions. What, why, and then how, and when. And make them all question marks. What, why, how, and when? These are the questions that we want to ask today, and I want to direct them to Valley Point Church. What are we doing as a church? Why do we do that? How do we do that? And when do we know we're winning, or when do we know we're succeeding? I think these are great questions to ask that bring organizational clarity. What, why, how and when. I believe these questions are great for organizations. I also believe you can ask these personally. What am I doing? Why do I do this? How do I approach this? And when do I know that I'm succeeding? I think we can ask these of our work teams. We can really ask these questions of just about anything because they bring great clarity. And today, that's what I wanted to do as, as we think about Valley Point Church. Let's bring clarity to the mission. What are we doing? Why do we do that? How do we do it? And when do we know that we're succeeding and winning as we approach all of this? Here's our big idea that will shape the conversation 
And I love the fact that last week we had three blanks in a row for our big idea, something that we had never done before. It was so fun, right, that I'm going to do it again this week. So here's our big idea. Live, live the map. And by the map, I am referring to the vision map of Valley Point Church that flows from these four critical leadership questions. What, why, how, and when. Our big idea today is live the map. Let's lean into this and allow it to impact our lives and allow it to use our organization to use Valley Point Church to make a big difference in the communities and the world around us. So live the map. Now, to help with this, I'm going to draw Pennsylvania here because this is our state. And then below that, let's do a little bit of Delaware as well. Now, that looks nothing like Pennsylvania. It looks nothing like Delaware, but you get the idea. The map, these are the places that we want to influence and impact with these questions, what, why, how, and when. So this is what we plan to walk through today as we think about living the vision map of Valley Point Church. Now, if you are newer to Valley Point, you have probably never seen this packaged quite this way. Well, I think this is going to be a great day for you as you discover a little bit more about Valley Point Church and our dream and our desire to do what God has called us to do. If you've been here for a while, you have heard this before, and you may be thinking, oh, it's that talk and it's that conversation. And you're right. (laughs) It is that talk and that conversation, and I hope you love it, (laughs) all right? I hope you love it. Because when we have vision clarity, I think God can really use us to accomplish extraordinary things. I think these questions, what, why, how, and when, also speak to the power of higher purpose, which is really important to grasp. So I read an article recently by Quinn and Thacker. These are two different professors and leadership practitioners, and in their article on creating a purpose-driven organization, they stated this, a higher purpose explains how the people involved with an organization are making a difference, gives them a sense of meaning, and draws their support. Now, I will submit to you that the Valley Point vision map that flows from these questions, what, why, how, and when. The Valley Point vision map gives us, gives our faith community a higher purpose. Because think about this. When we meet, it's more than just getting together and slapping each other on the back. It's more than just a song. It's more than doing a little dance. It's more than that. We meet for the purpose of hearing from God and responding to his greatness and setting our heart in his direction, which then allows us to go out and be bright lights where we live, work, and play. That is our higher 
purpose, which also draws our support. That's happening. That's happening. So once a year, here's what we do. We come back to this vision map conversation where we ask the critical questions, what, why, how, and when, and we'll unpack that a little bit more in just a bit. As we think about living the map, we come back to this conversation at least once a year so that we have the opportunity to remember our higher purpose and what God is asking of each and every one of us. Okay, it's story time. Do you remember, if you've been here, I know you've heard this. Do you remember the story of the life-saving station? It's a parable. It's one of my favorite parables. I'm going to draw a little lighthouse here to help us remember all of this. Here it is. My life-saving station here a reminder of the love of Christ. And I love to roll out this parable once a year that describes for us how we need to work really hard at avoiding mission drift. So it's story time, and wouldn't it be great if I had a rocking chair or something where I could just roll out this story for you? Oh, well, would you look at that? Imagine. See, a lot of things have appeared in the auditorium since you have been gone. So here's my rocking chair and here's my story. I'm just going to sit down here and share this little story with you. You know, it'd be really great if I had a fire or something with me. If you have one of those in your home, turn it on now because I think it will enhance the experience here. Okay, story time. Here we go. Can you still hear me? All right. (laughs) Here we go. The life-saving station parable on a dangerous seacoast where shipwrecks often occur. There was once a crude little life-saving station. The building was just a hut and there was only one boat, but the few devoted members kept a constant watch over the sea and with no thought for themselves, they went out day or night tirelessly searching for the lost Many lives were saved by this wonderful little station so that it became famous. Some of those who were saved and various others in the surrounding areas wanted to become associated with the station and give of their time and money and effort for the support of its work. New boats were bought and new crews were trained. The little life-saving station grew. Some of the new members of the life-saving station were unhappy that the building was so crude and so poorly equipped. They felt that a more comfortable place should be provided as the first refuge of those saved from the sea. So they replaced the emergency cots with beds and put better furniture in an enlarged building. Now the life-saving station became a popular gathering place for its members and they redecorated it beautifully and furnished it as sort of a club. Less of the members were now interested in going to sea on life-saving missions. So they hired lifeboat crews to do this work. The mission of life-saving was still given lip service, but most were too busy or lacked the necessary commitment to take part in the life-saving activities personally. About this time, 
a large ship was wrecked off the coast, and the hired crews brought in boatloads of cold, wet, and half-drowned people. They were dirty and sick, and some spoke a strange language, and the beautiful new club was considerably messed up. So the property committee immediately had a shower house built outside the club where victims of shipwreck could be cleaned up before coming inside. At the next meeting, there was a split in the club membership. Most of the members wanted to stop the club's life-saving activities as being unpleasant and a hindrance to the normal life pattern of the club. But some members insisted that life-saving was their primary purpose and pointed out that they were still called a life-saving station. But they were finally voted down and told that if they wanted to save the life of all the various kinds of people who were shipwrecked in those waters, they could begin their own life-saving station down the coast. And they did. As the years went by, the new station experienced the same changes that had occurred in the old. They evolved into a club, and yet another life-saving station was founded. If you visit the seacoast today, you'll find a number of exclusive clubs along that shore. Shipwrecks are still frequent in those waters. Only now, most of the people drown. I read this story every year to remind us as an organization and to remind us as a life-saving station. We can't let that happen. We can't let those things occur at Valley Point Church because God wants to and desires to use us to be a bright light and to share his message. So we cannot drift from our mission. And this story is a reminder. Let's not do that, okay? Now, to help us see this, if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Thessalonians is a New Testament book. It comes right after the book of Colossians and 1 Thessalonians, of course, is right before 2 Thessalonians. I'm going to read some verses from chapter 2 here that are going to help us think about how we need to be the right kind of life-saving station and not drift from our mission. So here we go. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you. So this is the Apostle Paul writing here to the church in the city of Thessalonica, and he was not with them, and he's saying, we are separated from you, and the language here suggests that there was a close relationship, and they were missing each other, like when parents may miss their kids when they're gone. Now, you may feel a little differently about that now because everybody's stuck together, but imagine if you're separated for a great amount of time from someone that you love dearly and you long to be with them, and that's the picture that we get here. Dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, 
though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. That's an interesting thought there. Satan prevented us, or Satan hindered us. There was something here that was keeping the Apostle Paul from visiting with these dear brothers and sisters that he was longing to see again. Something was preventing him from doing that. We're not told exactly what, but Paul, he couldn't get there. Verse 19, after all, what gives us hope and joy? And what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? So these are some great questions here. What gives us hope and joy? And what will be our reward? Paul states, it is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. I love the sentiment here from the Apostle Paul as he addresses this church he longs to be with again. Yes, you are our pride and joy. I think there are several reasons why the Apostle Paul is probably saying this. If you go back to chapter 1, you will discover that they responded to the good news of Jesus with great joy. That was this church's response to the truth about Jesus and how he came and lived and died and rose again. They responded with great joy, and I think that made Paul very happy. And then if you continue to read what you will discover is that they were very willing to share that message with others. And the truth about Jesus was ringing out from these individuals throughout the region. They were being bright lights. And of course, this makes Paul extremely happy. And he says, you bring hope and joy. You are my, you are our pride and joy. Now, I am not the Apostle Paul. I'm not. But I feel this way about our faith community right now. You bring hope and joy. You're doing that. And I see it in the way that you're caring for your families. I see it in the way that you are responding to the great needs around us. I see it in your generosity. You bring hope and joy. And I think we are seeing this in each other. And get this, that hope and that joy is impacting our communities. It really is. So over the past several years, we have worked hard to take passages like this and verses like this and apply it to our organization and language it in such a way that we understand what are we doing and why do we do that and how do we do it and when do we know that we are succeeding and we will continue to language that and think about that as we grow and mature as an organization. So let's walk through these leadership questions now and think about our organization and how these questions bring clarity to what we are doing and 
They also result in, as we read here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, they bring hope and joy as well. So let's connect all of this now. On the other side of your napkin, let's think about what are we doing as an organization? Well, we phrase it this way. We are pointing people to real relationships and real significance. I'm just going to write down the word real for now. What are we doing? We're pointing people to real relationships and real significance. We want everybody who walks in the doors of this place or however we may be meeting, we want everybody who comes into contact with Valley Point to understand there is a God who loves them and cares about them and has a plan and a purpose for their lives. And we can have a real relationship with our loving Heavenly Father. That can happen and it's available to everyone. We also can have real relationships with others as well. And then guess what? We've been given one life. That's what we have and we can do something significant with it. So our what is wrapped up into pointing people to real relationships with God and with others and then taking this one life that we have been given and doing something significant with it, which brings, as we read about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, hope and joy, not only to ourselves, but also to a lot of other people. So our what? Pointing people to real relationships and real significance. Now, why do we do that? What are our faith catalysts or our core values? Why are we pointing people to real relationships and real significance? Well, it's because we value truth. We love Jesus and his word, and we dive into it so we can discover how to live out that story. We value truth. We value people. All people matter to God. All people matter to God, and so they should matter to us. The ones we like, the ones we don't like, the ones we agree with, the ones where we may disagree with over different issues, all people matter to God, and so they should matter to us as well. Truth, people, and then generosity. I will use my time and my talents and my resources to serve others and to make a difference. Truth, people, generosity, and then location, meaning we love our neighbors. We love our neighbors and we seek to be a joyous presence where we live, work, and play. That is our why. What are we doing? We're pointing people to real relationships and real significance. Why do we do that? Because we value truth, people, generosity, and location. Now, how about this question? How? How do we actually accomplish that? Well, here at Valley Point, we focus on doing three things as best as we possibly can do them. And we pour all of our time and effort and resources into doing this. Worship, connect, and go. 
This is our how. How do we accomplish our mission? How do we live out these values of truth, people, generosity, and location? Well, we pour all of our efforts and our time and our creativity and even our passion into worshiping, connecting, and going. Worship, this is where I get to grow my relationship with God and deepen it. Connect, this is where I get to grow my relationships with others and have people join me and cheer me on through good days and bad days and everything in between. I get to grow my relationships with others as I connect and link arms with other people. And then I have been given one life, and so I can do something significant with it. I have the opportunity to go and through the church be a bright light and make a big difference in the world around me. So how do we accomplish our mission? Well, we worship, we grow our relationship with God, and we connect, we grow our relationships with others, and then we go, we take this life that has been given to us, and we do significant things. So that is the what, the why, and the how. Now here's a final question that completes our vision map as we think about higher purpose and bringing clarity to what we do. And that is, when do we know we are winning? When do we know that? I want to win. I'd like to know when I'm succeeding. And I'm sure that you feel the same way. So when do we know that we're winning when it comes to living the vision map of Valley Point Church? How do we actually know this? Well, we've taken time to language it this way. When do we know we're winning? Well, it's when worship is a lifestyle. And so we're going to come back to the how, the worship, connect, and go. And we're going to take these components and now build a when do we know that we're winning. And the first thought is we know we're winning when worship is a lifestyle, which means that it's something that I do more than just for a few minutes on Sunday, right? I'm winning when responding to the greatness of God, when worship is life. And here's the action step that lives this. I will spend at least one period of the week listening to God through his word and one period learning about his son Jesus in community with others. I try to say this often. God wants more than for us just to worship him here. He does. He wants us to be doing that all week long and that's a lifestyle. And when we catch ourselves responding to the greatness of God on other days besides Sunday, well, guess what? Put your arms up in the air a little bit because that's a sign that we're winning when worship is a lifestyle. Okay, I think we're also winning when connect is a priority. And here's the action step that lives this. I will choose to regularly engage hospitality, a meal, a conversation, or praying with people inside and outside the church in order to grow my relationships with others. When we connect this way, guess what? We're winning. We're also winning 
when go is a passion. Here's the action step that lives this. I will selflessly serve inside and outside the church in order to live the gospel, the good news about Jesus, and surprise and delight others through a passionate, outward-focused faith community. This is the when of Valley Point. Again, if we do this, if we take these steps, we're winning. And our impact personally and our impact corporately will grow. And we have vision clarity, which brings hope and joy. I have just one takeaway for all of us. And you can write this anywhere on your napkin or piece of paper. Here it is. Be a bright light by living the map. Be a bright light by living the map. Do you remember our church-wide life verses found in Matthew chapter 5? Do you remember them? See, it kind of brings it all back to this life-saving station and being a bright light as we live the vision map in whatever region God has placed us. As we think about what, why, how, and when, and then live that out, we have the opportunity, according to Matthew chapter 5, to be a bright light. That's what our verses tell us. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Nobody does that. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And I really believe when we begin to live the map, it opens up incredible opportunities for all of us individually as well as corporately to be a bright light and, as we have read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, to bring hope and joy. Hope and joy. Hope and joy. May God give us all the courage now to ask these questions. What, why, how, and when? And then choose to live out the vision map where we live, work, and play so that we can be bright lights and bring hope and joy. Father, we come before you thanking you for the words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 that just help us to know what you want for us. We get a picture in reading those verses of how the Apostle Paul felt about individuals that he loved dearly. And God, I believe we feel this about each other. We're certainly an imperfect church and we live out our vision map in imperfect ways. God, I know that I am an imperfect leader and I disappoint people and I fail. But God, there is a sense here of grace and forgiveness based on what you have done for us. We now have the opportunity to extend that to others as we worship and connect and go. So God, help us now to be bright lights by living out the vision map of Valley Point, this higher purpose 
that you have called us to that is drawing support now and making a difference, not just here, but certainly everywhere that you are taking us as a church. Use us to be bright lights and to bring hope and joy. We pray all of this now in the great name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.